Welcome to episode 47 of Re-Educating Dad, the cross-generational talk show. My name is Tony Coe, aka Big Tone, and here's my co-host and daughter, Tony Coe Brooker, or as we all know and love her, Little Tone. We missed your last episode, Little Tone. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm afraid I'm still having little flare-ups of long COVID and stuff, so just having some good days and some bad days. Well, you, and you unfortunately, sound, that one wasn't a good one. <laughs> no, it clearly wasn't. We sound, I'm very glad, glad to hear you sounding so bright today. We missed you. I missed you. Uh, ben missed you. But our listeners mostly missed you. They, you know, they all wanted to know where you were and are you well. And of course, they all wanted to hear your opinion on the topic. So we did, because you were not here, we did a part one, just me and my grandson, Ben. And that was episode 46. And that was part one of Harry and Meghan versus the royal family. Will the monarchy survive this? So this is same title, part two, where you get to lay out your stall on this particular issue. So I gather you, I mean, you've, you've, um, you've watched the interview, right? Yep, I have. And, and you ha- heard what Ben and I had to say. Well, I only listened to about 20 minutes of it. Um, I've been trying to catch up with work and stuff like that, but I didn't actually want to listen to all of it because I thought that I was just putting more ideas into my head. So I felt it would be better to just come on here and just be frank about how I feel about the situation. Um, okay. Go ahead. Should, should I go? Um, yeah, please I mean, do. I feel like we were primed as if this was going to be some kind of like groundbreaking information um that it was gonna kind of like break the internet and i just really was underwhelmed (laughs) you know like it just felt like yeah i'm not surprised you know i'm not surprised about the racism which everyone thinks is the big the big situation um but you know the british empire is built on selling slaves so you know the fact that that's that concern I'm not you know I think it's more concern about the color of Archie's skin is more about how the public perceive the royal family rather than the actual thoughts of the royal family potentially um I know that there are members in the family that have said some not PC things um but it's wrong. Regardless, it's wrong. It's absolutely wrong. It seems like it would have been a great opportunity to have, um, you know, people of color represented within the monarchy for the first time. Uh, probably not unlike having Obama as president for the first time. Having a black president is groundbreaking, isn't it? Um, well, that's one of the things. That, well, the, that's one of the things that ha- the, one of the points that Harry made is that the royal family really missed a, a golden opportunity, didn't they? Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't remember him saying that, but yeah, absolutely, he did. Um, absolutely, that's that's right. Um, I think that it's hugely concerning that they have taken away Harry's protection. Um, he is obviously in the public eye. And, you know, with how social media works these days, everyone knows where everyone is all the time, you know. Um, that seems 
uh, like a bit of a power play thing to me. Um, and also the problem about Megan asking for help with her mental health and being told that they can't help her. I mean, that's just disgraceful, absolutely disgraceful, especially considering um, what a tricky situation the royal family are in, in terms of not really allow allowed to have an opinion, have to keep quiet, you know, you know, when, when we've seen any of the Queen's speeches, she hasn't ever had any emotion in them. It's literally just a, a, a scripted piece of paper, um, which doesn't say that she has any opinions on anything. She's basically going, hello to all, I am the Queen, God bless you. And that's it, you know. Yeah. If you've watched The Crown, like, um, they, they all sort of, the public started to kick off when um, someone had scripted a piece of her speech that, that basically spoke down on working people. And I don't even really think that that's her opinion. I think she just reads what she's given. Um, they're kind well, of just puppets, aren't they, really? They're puppets. And well, I think this are. royal, this, uh, this um, power that the people that kind of like control the media and control the message that comes from the royal family, they're really the power at play here. And, you know, I think that given the very strange and unusual circumstances that the royal family are in, I would imagine that emotional support is really important for them, um, particularly with the death of, um, you know, um, uh, Harry's mother, Harry and William's mother. You know, that was so public and such a traumatic thing. It was traumatic for the public, let alone the, the actual family. Um, you know, it, it just, I don't understand why they couldn't offer her any help. And I seem to, I've tried to talk to people about how they feel about Meghan Markle and the situation. And it seems to be a real divide of people feeling like she's an actress and she is, she's an actress and she uh, knows how to play up to the cameras. Uh, and that, that whole thing with Oprah was rehearsed. Well, of course it was rehearsed. I mean, anyone that's going to get interviewed by Oprah is going to practice what they're going to say. I mean, if I was being interviewed by Oprah, I would practice what I'm going to say. I don't think that there's, I, I just don't, I don't even really see why that's relevant. Um, well, I suppose the reason it's relevant is because there seems to be a school of opinion that she was, that Harry and her were really basically misrepresenting the truth. Um, I, mean, I you, don't think that that's true. Well, I you don't. don't I don't yeah. think so either, and you know my view because you've heard, at least you've heard 20 minutes of the episode, so you will have got enough of it. Um, but, you know, there was that storming off by Piers Corbyn, who just said, I don't believe a word she says. You know, basically said it was a pack of lies. Piers well, Morgan. Piers Morgan is Piers Morgan, of course. James Corbyn. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I, I... He's just a petulant child, isn't he? He's just disgraceful. I mean, the way he speaks to women generally is just disgusting. Uh, I'm so glad that he doesn't have that job anymore. Now we just need to get Pretty Patel out. All this business about, you know, that his freedom of speech was, he was non-platformed or, you know, he was censored or what, what have, have you. I mean, why would you, I don't know how you could hear someone say, look, I was suicidal. And it certainly sounded genuine to me, particularly, you know, when she referred to that night at the Royal Albert Hall, when, you know, she, she was reminded by the photograph and how, how Harry was clutching her, her, her 
hand to give her the strength to get through that evening uh, because she was feeling suicidal. I mean, why would you listen to a young woman's plea for help like that and just come to the conclusion, an immediate sort of knee-jerk conclusion, that she was telling lies? I mean, why not start from the position that maybe she's telling the truth? And if she is telling the truth about the facts, uh, then surely that, uh, I mean, that that would be a terrible thing to do just to dismiss them. That's what happens so many, so much of the time with women's allegations. For some reason, it's women's allegations usually that they just get dismissed, um, and and people just you know, t- take the view that they're lying. Well, she well, came over really to me as she, she she came over to me as credible. She came over to me as genuine, and she was certainly supported in her views by Harry, who who also comes over to me as genuine. Sorry, you were going to say. I mean, everything, anything that comes out of Harry's mouth seems genuine because he seems. If you if you watch the interview with him, he literally thinks about every single question before he answers. And I definitely feel like there is a hesitation from him to be completely honest. Like you can see that he's been well trained through his life to not show too much emotion. So that must have been quite a hard interview for him, I think. Um, I think there probably was a level of ignorance from Megan when she came into this situation. Um, you know, I think that, she, like like she says in the interview, she thought that the royal family were a bit like celebrities, and they're not. They are um, held to a different kind of standard by the public. It's a very unusual thing. It's a very un. It's very unusual, and it, you know, she she clearly wasn't aware of what she was walking into, and and I think that that's from from that's the only sort of negative thing I can say about her. But I don't see what benefit she would get from telling the public that she was suicidal and had asked for help and was denied. I don't see any benefit for her. Um, So I think that that was, you know, privileged information. Um, I I don't know. I I do um, want to separate the institution of the monarchy and i think i did this in the last episode um in my remarks the institution of the 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 monarchy is different uh from the people um so you know these are these are to my mind these are ordinary people who have been by accident of birth born into the most weird um circumstances really weird so weird and they are people who are, let's call them sort of celebrities, celebrities, you know, in a unique category of their own. And they are so constrained in everything that they do by tradition. Um, And that includes not being allowed effectively to express opinions, which is so bizarre. You know, not just that, not just being able, not being able to express opinions, but not being able to see your friends. You know, yes. when they said, Megan, yes. you're everywhere. And she was like, I haven't been anywhere in four months. Yes. You know, and I, I go, but I know I keep going back to the, the crown um, because it feels like a fairly, uh, although dramatized, it's a fairly accurate representation of what that family is like, I think. Well, Harry what, seems to not have only- like. Uh, not only that, well. 
not to step on you, but not, not only that, but Harry did make that point, didn't he? he? Interestingly, he said, yes, it is fictional, but actually it's jolly, effectively, he said, it's jolly near the, you know, the, it's, it's, you know, it, it kind of does, it kind of does yeah. tell it the way it is, really. That's, that's the way it is. And, you know, yeah, I, I mean, go on. The, I just thinking about how isolating it must have been for Diana uh, to have, two young children and not be allowed to go and see her friends and not, you know, trying, trying so hard to force this marriage with um, Charles and it just not, it just not working out. It must've been so isolating. Um, Each member of the Royal family has their own sort of um, their own pain. Like Harry also mentioned, I mean, you know, mm. Harry's father, Charles clearly was in love with someone else his entire life, you know, he's, yeah. and he's with her now, which is, you know, great for him. Um, but, you know, what a disaster that was. And it was a disaster brought about because of this anachronistic, you know, elite sort of institution. You know, it was brought about because of that, because he had to, you know, he had to marry a certain kind of person. When we're talking about white privilege, this is really like the complete other end of the spectrum, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like pri privilege beyond, uh, you know, what you could ever possibly want. Um, but it's odd because I think that we talk about privilege, but then what was highlighted quite a lot in the crown was the fact that the palace was falling apart and actually the there were holes in the security and someone was able to break in through a window, you know, to speak to the to speak to the queen. I mean, that's really worrying, isn't it? Hmm. So I don't know. It's just like, yeah, it's very bizarre. It's very weird. And I think that I feel happy in the very least that Harry and Meghan have each other because that's where Diana um, struggled because she didn't have a supporting partner. But one thing I haven't, one thing hasn't that I've not heard mentioned in any of the fallout from the interview, uh, which really struck me at the time when I heard it, because it sort of underlined the weirdness uh, of of the situation, was that uh, she she nobody told nobody told her that she needed to curtsy or how to curtsy, and she and that was just before she was about to meet the Queen. And she, it never occurred to her, and just as it would never really occur to me, that when they're in a family gathering, a private sort of family gathering, that, that everyone's still expected to go through that sort of nonsense, genuflection. Yeah, I thought, I thought that was quite a fair point of hers in the interview, that she felt like behind closed doors they were just a family. That's why I said it was slight... Uh, ignorance naivety about the whole situation because you know you i don't know it's just all very bizarre i mean i find it really strange that so much um spotlight has been on this situation this week uh over what's happened with sarah everard and our police department and stuff um but it, it sure does highlight that we have racism as an is an issue in the UK. You know, the fact that the colour of Archie is was being considered before he was born as being a potential problem, that screams 
that we still have a problem with racism in the UK. Um, well, of course, Williams denied it, hasn't he? That you know we are decidedly not a racist family. He's he you know in an unprecedented um, utterance to the in response to a reporter's question, "Are you is the role?" Well, I think it racist? was probably Philip, and I think it was probably highlighted by the ins- what did you say the institution? What did you know? What did you say to separate the monarchy from the from the people, from the family members, no. the royal family? No, sorry. No, separating the royal family from the institution, the, the, institution, the, institution, of the, monarch, yeah, exactly. the institution of the monarchy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm trying to say. So the institution is, for me, is probably inherently racist, not the royal family, if that makes sense. What is? And be, I think it's. It, how do you define being racist? Um, what does being racist mean? By. Uh, uh, by seeing people of colour as second um, class to white people. But isn't it a bit more nuanced than that? Um... Oh, it's incredibly nuanced. But, but the thing is, it's like, if you look at our history, our history the, the, as a country, our wealth was built on selling slaves from mm. Africa. Mm. You know, we, we, we are, the Queen essentially bought shares in selling slaves and then commend commended the slave seller on uh, on his ability to make profit and they uh, apparently everyone that sort of like put money into um into buying these slaves uh, got a ridiculous amount of money back that's how the wealth of our country is built and obviously you know we're going to other countries and stealing and killing and raping and you know all of that stuff um and it doesn't really matter that we're hundreds of years down the line because we still haven't we haven't um, recognised what we've done. We haven't recognised. We haven't tried to make any kind of reparations at all. Um, and you know, everyone says, "Oh, you know," we, you, I mean, you, you've said it as well. Oh, we've come on so far since then. Look at what's happened with the monarchy. You know, they're worried about having a a, a a child of color in well it. actually of all the revelations in this interview that's the one that's of least concern to me because i you know to, to my mind that can be that can be explained away and, and indeed many people who defend the monarchy have explained it in this way uh, that it was an that it was an inquiry born out, born of curiosity and the sort of inquiry that any family might make but it doesn't necessarily have to be made in a hostile malicious or even racist manner it, it doesn't need to mean racism to my mind um i don't think they are consciously racist um, and i think most people are not consciously racist um i i, I think it was probably you know i mean you you mentioned it could have been philip and it could have been he is renowned for saying things which are <laughs> inappropriate. <laughs> um, you know, he has been known to make such utterances. Uh, but that, that I'm much more concerned. Sorry, that's my alarm to oh. tell me I have a meeting in a minute. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm much more concerned about the you mentioned the withdrawal of the security, which I think shouldn't have happened. Um, 
I'm not sure about this business about Archie not getting a title. I'd like to know more about that. I, I haven't. But he naturally wouldn't get a title until Charles was king anyway. Yes, but the, so, the, the implication, it seemed to me, was that that would be denied him. I'm not, you know, even that would be denied him. But he, in other words, the implication was that he was being singled out for some kind of distitling, if that's a word. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so I'd like to know more about that. I'm not sure about that. But the thing that worries me, the thing that bothers me is the fact that uh, his security, that the family, not his, but the family's security was removed. I think that sounds wholly unjustified to me. And the other thing is, you've rightly highlighted in my view, is the is the um, dismissing of her cries, for, of Megan's cries for help. When it's you know everything she said sounded so genuine to me. You know about the fact that she was sort of lonely. She was left in a lonely situation in that inside that you know crystal palace. Um, you know, with not able to see her friends and and being told she couldn't couldn't do this and couldn't do that, uh, and clearly it, it um, impacted her mental health. And they needed to they needed to deal with that sensitively and get her the help that she was asking for. Hmm. I mean, those two things are really important to me too. But I still think. Well, the, you know, I'm not saying that the monarchy is racist, but I think that the, the institution is. And I think that a lot of people, a lot of people of colour would have felt that their voice was heard if they saw some representation within in the royal family, um, like Meghan. And... Um, I I feel like that one of the things that I think is a really bad issue, aside from the racism thing, which is for me is one of the worst, um, is the fact that I feel like there's been an, an assassination of her character by the press from the get go. Well, that's um, what the press do, though, isn't it? I mean, no, but like disproportionately, the way that she's been smeared, you know, and held and held to. Um, um, to you know, sorry, I still got brain fog. Um, basically, against Kate, you know, um, they've been compared. Sorry, compared compared is the word I was looking for. Yes, yes. Um, from the get go, I feel like they've assassinated her character, and I feel like there have been so many situations over the last few years where they've done this to innocent people, and though you know some of those people have committed suicide because of it. And it sounds like Megan was really close to that. And there doesn't seem to be any accountability by the press for the way that they harass and bully people. And I think it's disgusting. Well, and I, I wouldn't disagree with that, but that really is a separate issue, isn't it? Let's get no, to I don't think it is. I, I really don't think it is. I well, the, 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 the royal, the royal family or the monarchy... Sorry, the royal family and the monarchy cannot be blamed for the excesses of the press, can it? Can it? I think that the institution that supports the royal family actively didn't protect Meghan, which is what she said. They didn't. That she she believed them when they said that they would protect her character, and they didn't protect no, a, it. A point well made. Um, I agree with that. 
So let's get to the nub of the, the, the question that we're asking in the title of our show. Will the monarchy survive this? What's your view on that? I think it will, um, because I think that there are lots and lots of royalists uh, in the UK. Um, in fact, not even just in the UK, I think around the world, people love that we still have a monarchy. Um, I think that there's a huge divide between generations in the UK. I think the younger generations really couldn't give a crap about the monarchy. Um, and I think that as sort of like time goes on and the 70s, 60s, 50s people pass away, I think they're going to become redundant. But I think they're safe for now. So that oh. wasn't actually the right answer. I don't think that they'll survive it in the long run. Um, okay. I don't think that we can afford to keep, keep them uh, in their palaces. <laughs> well, I think I, I expressed the opinion um, at the end of, our, of my show with, um, with my, the episode with Ben. I think I expressed the opinion that it's going to be very difficult for anyone else other than the Queen to command the respect, um, the almost unconditional respect and love that, that so many quote unquote subjects, I hate that word, um, of her subjects that uh, you know, revere her in the country, in the UK. Uh, but it, interestingly, one of our Canadian, um, dedicated Canadian listeners, Roberto from Toronto, um, has uh, just before we came on air has uh, told me of an article in the Globe and Mail, which is a highly respected paper in in, in Canada. Um, he lives in Toronto, and he said that they they say in that um, that Canadians should prepare for the inevitable life without the UK monarchy. As you know, Canada is a Commonwealth country, isn't it? Um, and, as, yeah. and, and that that will be the case as a direct result of this interview, which I found quite stunning, actually, hearing that view being expressed. Um, and I think that, because, you know, the, the royal family has been uh, followed by people in North America with fascination, with great interest uh, for all, certainly throughout my life, I've been aware of that. But they do seem to have been quite bad, impacted by this, don't they? Uh, that's, mm. that's what I've noticed. They've, it's as though the fantasy has been shattered for them. And I don't think I that think would be also, good. It's kind of interesting, just quickly, as a last point, um, to see how the public has deplatformed so many powerful people. And it's interesting to see the foundations beneath the um, monarchy be sort of like rumbled. Rumbled is not the right word. Undermined, I guess. No, just as in, you know, it felt monarchy was felt like an unbreakable thing. And I think this has proven that it's not. Um, oh, I think it's you know, decidedly I think they've not. probably all been shaken probably by this. I think that the... I think that Kate Middleton turning up to Sarah Everard's vi um, vigil, is that how you say it? Virgil? Vigil, vigil, vigil. Vigil, vigil yeah. sorry, vigil. Her, I feel like her turning up to, to that with a female 
security member was very well thought out, very well planned. Um, that's not me talking badly about her. I'm just saying that the royal family don't do anything without a plan, you know, strategy being in place. And that was very clever. Um, mm. But yeah, I think they've all been rattled was the word I was looking for. Oh, nice they've one. been rattled by this. Um, but yeah, that's kind of all I have to say on the matter, really. Yeah, um, I, I think, but the, the last big rattling, to use your expression, which I think is a good one, the last big rattling was, was really the Diana thing, wasn't it? You know, mm. her being, first of all, you know, the fact that Charles could have behaved in the way that he did and, you know, she was absolutely, you know, you could see she was extremely unhappy. Um, and yeah. she, she, because she couldn't say so, she made it very clear in her way that she was photographed. I don't even remember that famous picture of her uh, in front of the Taj Mahal, you know, looking absolutely desolate. Um, you know, that was her way of telling the world, really. And I think that the difference with Diana was that Diana was absolutely loved i mean the people's princess like you know you remember that well you were little very little but, oh yeah no i remember uh, it like it was yesterday but I the love her. for her you know and the love for her i would say at that point exceeded the love in such by some measure of the queen the love for the queen now megan doesn't have that going for her she doesn't have not that. in the uk she doesn't but i would be i would be surprised that she doesn't have that kind of love in America because I think that they do not understand the monarchy like we do in the UK, obviously because it's our monarchy. But, you know, I, I, I think that the, the view of the monarchy is a bit like they're like celebrities. Um, yeah, but I'm talking about your, your point about them being about the rattling of the, the monarchy. They're not going to be rattled too much. The, the structure isn't going to be undermined by Americans or Canadians. It's going to be, its future is going to be put at risk by the public's opinion in the UK. Um, by the millennials and by the Z gen. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> I, I'm actually out of step because everybody's been saying that the opinions about this interview are divided upon, um, you know, generational lines. So young people are for Meghan and Harry and old farts like me, are, you know, are... But not you, Dad. Not you, Dad. Not me. I'm, right yeah. I'm standing out. I'm standing alone. Congratulations. <laughs> you are officially woke. <laughs> Here okay. is your woke crown. <laughs> okay. Well, we know you've got to run off to your meeting. So we've got, anyway, we've done 30 minutes. And uh, so we've um, achieved that. So it just, rem just uh, remains for me to thank everybody, uh, to thank you, uh, for coming on and, and giving us your um, valuable, very valuable and interesting feedback. Um, we got great uh, input from grandson Ben last week. Um, so I hope this additional perspective will be interesting to you out there, dear listeners. You know, we know how we love hearing from you and uh, please keep the feedback coming in. Please do share um, this uh, podcast with your friends and families help us spread the word we really appreciate it and we will be back um, in about a week's time with our next episode so until then it's goodbye from me and goodbye from me bye for now everybody bye